Place your bets at the 24th annual Dallas Stars Casino Night, presented by Dex Imaging. Eat, meet, and play with your favorite Dallas Stars players and coaches on March 3rd at Comerica Center in Frisco from 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. with all proceeds benefiting the Dallas Stars Foundation. To purchase tickets or for more information, visit DallasStars.com slash Casino Night. Welcome to the Podman Rush, the official podcast of the Dallas Stars, presented by Kingsville Brewery. Let's join the rush with your hosts, Daryl Razor Ray and Mike Heike. It's Podman 3. As the second half gets going, only to be halted, I guess, for the All-Star break in a couple of weeks. Razor Boy Ray and Hey Heike here, only because they and I... Haven't found anyone better. So we'll continue on. What we might. That's such a high bar we set. As soon as they find replacements, we're done. Speaking of All-Star. Speaking of All-Star. Despite a social media assault, like shock and awe level bombing of the base, no other stars were added via the fan vote, right? It's just Jake. Yep. Just Jake. Tried hard. But just Jake, I think they're stuffing ballots in Vancouver and places like that. Do you agree? <laughs> I think they care a lot. I, I, and that's nothing against our people. They're, they're fantastic fans. Uh, but, I mean, it's their sport. It's, it's their football. So, yes, if you put this to a popular vote and say you can, you can vote 10 times a day, then I'm guessing that people from Vancouver and Toronto and Edmonton are going to vote more than people from Carolina and Denver and Dallas. That's just, to me, that is what it is. Like if that's the setup. Okay. I think there's a conspiracy afoot. It's going on right now. They, they are manipulating the system with their, their metric system, internet up there <laughs> yeah and they're they're morphing people and they're cloning uh some of these things and and there's you know it's the electronic version of stuffing the ballot there you go that's it's why rigged. there's five five canucks going it's a rigged election yeah yeah it's exactly what it is so it'll be jake ottinger who made his way back and just as he did wedgwood leaves the game huh but uh, the the news seems to be relatively positive with what is ailing Scott Wedgwood, uh, who also has a soft tissue issue. Uh, the the groins are are always a tricky area on netminders. There's no question about that. And also this with the All Star Game, the four jerseys were revealed. They. They, they were trotted out. Did you happen to catch the, the the jerseys for this year, Mike? I have seen them, yes. They give off very much the Wiggles live vibe. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody was into the Wiggles with kids back, I don't know, how many years ago was that now? Are they Australian? Uh, yeah, probably 20. New Zealand or Australian? Whichever one they are. They're from down under. I think uh, Australia, yeah. Yeah. And uh, much like on 
Fox News and that apparently people are just enamored with bright colors, uh, whether yes. you're three years old or 63. And they 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 look like wiggles, like it, yeah. they're pretty straightforward colors. The other thing I thought is that they can be worn to work the flight deck on a U.S. carrier. <laughs> You can pick those ones out from a distance. Well, no. I, you ever see the, you know, Top Gun? Yeah. The guys on the flight deck, are are they not in those essentially primary colors? Yes. And they are they have a, a a purpose, those colors. And I guess you, you could say at the All-Star game, they'll have a purpose as well. They'll yeah. distinguish the various teams, four of them. We've had this discussion before. It's it's an event for the younger audience, so I don't I don't have a problem with that. I I can just see, uh, you know, we we have some uh, younger players uh, around the team as far as uh, uh, either children of players or children of people who work for us, and and I can see them lining up for that stuff. Yeah, uh, I give Josh a hard time because his kids like the the stormtrooper uniforms, and and I'm going like, well, that's what they like, uh, so. You know, we may not like them, but I think the target audience will eat them up. I'm not saying whether I like or dislike. I'm uh -huh. just saying what they look okay. like. Come you on, you Mike. seem to have disdain. I, 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 Mike, ap Mike, I apologize. Mike, 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 we, we're not negative like you in the print media. <laughs> we are merely commentators. We comment on things. Spout opinions. And by Tim Collishaw. Well, yes, very much like that. Whereas you're more the... The nuts and bolts of it, Mike. Let's get into the nuts and bolts of the Dallas Stars. Here's one thing that that has been pretty obvious, I think. Pete DeBoer deconstructing line combinations more this season than he did a year ago. He seemed to trust the lines to get their acts together within games last season. And this year, he has about 40 minutes worth of patience with them. Yes. And it's look, you don't keep doing that if it doesn't have the desired effect. And for the most part, it has. He's moved them around and and uh, whether it's just a couple of wingers or completely blowing it up, trying to get them out of whatever second period funk that they find themselves in. The one thing I, I, I thought about this after the game in Chicago when he had to do it again, they got they got kind of spanked in the second period on the shot clock and and then threw a bunch of different combos out there in the third period and they, you know, score and win the hockey game three to one. I wonder why he doesn't start games with the lines disassembled and then and then work, work that way and then slap them back together if it's not going, but just try something different from the beginning. And maybe with it happening semi-frequently here over the last what would you say it is the last month yeah or so? at least ten, at least i think they've had comebacks in let's say seven of you know 13 games and and in each one of those comebacks i think he he did some major shuffling yeah they came back in games a lot last year too but they they just stuck to their guns and maybe got a little more aggressive and and they would they would go pedal down and a lot of times they played their best hockey after they dropped behind yes, and then went after teams. And, um, and I have to think that 
most of this is is and it, some of it is just eyeball based. They're there within the game and that, but a lot of it has to be game to game analytics and trying to stay patient. And then it's not working, and it's the same thing we saw again. So let's try this, and then they get giddy upping and away they go. So there seem to be we're recording this the morning of right. the home game against LA, and there seemed to be some bubbling of starting the way that I just said, you know, start with different combos and see how that goes right from the get-go. Because in a lot of ways, one of the areas that that they're looking to improve is their starts to games. And, you know, you it, that's why I was wondering, you keep going back to the same lines even after you've, you've uh, juggled them around a little bit. And then they start slow again, and then you got to break them up again and get them, you know, going. Why don't you just start it the other way around? See whether you can really dive into games that way, and instead of trying to play a little bit of catch up. Yeah, I kind of analyzed it myself over the weekend, and in talking to Pete, he loves the lines that he has. Like there's something good on each one of those lines. Obviously, the the Hints line has been one of the best in the league for three years. He's tried to break them up at times and said, you know what? It's just I'm over coaching to, to break up that line. Then you go to the, the Duchesne line this year, which is just, you know, shot out of a gun. It's been fantastic. Then you go to Johnston with Ben and Dodonoff. It's been pretty good. I mean, for the most part, it's kind of hit a wall this year in the second half of this year or the second quarter of this year. Um, and then the, he really loves the fourth line. Uh, you know, it's, it's funny. I, uh, people ask me about the Landry and it's nothing that tied. Well, there's some that tied to Landry hasn't done. He hasn't forced a, the coaches to put in the lineup, but the other fact is those three guys play well together and Pete likes that. And so he's going to leave it together. So I get the fact that he wants to go back to that base. Um, but when he's been pushed, uh, he's had to make some creative shuffling and, and it's worked. And I loved his explanation after the last game where he said the fourth line was a line that had all the energy. So I wanted one member on, you know, I wanted them to go lift the other lines up, which is kind of funny to say that you need the fourth line to, to pick up the first, second and third, but that's kind of what he did. After the Chicago game? No, during the Chicago game. No, no, but you asked him that question after the Chicago yes. game. Yeah, yeah, I did. And he said well, that, that's, that's what he was thinking. That line started the game. That was that was his starting line at the beginning. Yeah. I, I think probably anticipating that they would have more energy than the other lines uh, because they don't play as much. That's and what he said. Played the night before, and and yep. they played that way. I, I thought Sam Steele getting in that scrap with Ryan Donato was probably the culmination of all that, and and to me drove a little more spirit into the stars in that game. Yeah. Um, and look, it, it's hard playing back to back. I'm I'm somewhat surprised uh, that they wouldn't have a little more energy, though, because they do play four lines a lot like they don't overplay anybody. And you would think and and they do have a fantastic record in back to backs. Uh, you know, they're four oh and one in that second game. And they've benefited from facing some teams in a mess or crisis in almost all of them. Uh, but they've been able to score a ton of goals. And, and most of the goal scoring has come from those players in the two top lines. You know, 16 of the 24 goals they've scored in the five games have been scored by players from the top two lines. 
Yeah. And, uh, you know, some of that either shorthanded or power play, but those have been the individuals, the, the Duchesne line and, and the Hintz line. Uh, and second games going forward are going to look a lot more challenging here because the, the second games now in the second half are going to be like at the Islanders, at Toronto, at the Rangers, at Colorado twice, at L.A. You know, that's that's a little bit different than than the disaster that the Minnesota Wild were and, and yeah. the Blackhawks missing, you know, half their lineup up front. So there, there are going to be some challenges going forward, but, you know, and who knows, like maybe with those ones, they'll lean more heavily on an improved defensive game and, and they'll be able to, you know, win games or get points out of those games uh, in that manner. It seems like they've scored their way out of, out of any kind of fatigue that they've had here in the first half. Yeah, and historically, you, you need a good goaltending performance in those on the second night of a back-to-back. And the hope is that once these guys get healthy and up and running, then, you know, they'll be able to get that. Yeah. I, I just think with, you know, it's a luxury in today's game to be able to trot out the same lines, same lineup over and over and over and over and over again. Like it, with injury, especially mid-season, you start getting nailed with injuries and you got to change some things around or maybe there's a little bit of staleness that comes in so you got to augment what this looks like and what that looks like uh so they i think they've been very fortunate last year you know healthy and and trust that they were going to be able to just keep playing their game and come back in games and and just the consistency you know don't mess with a good thing right you know Scotty Bowman who's regarded as maybe the greatest coach in NHL history, he, I, you know, nobody really does it anymore, but he, his philosophy, if I have it right, within the first five minutes of the game, and maybe this was a too, little too much judgment and <laughs> lack of patience, but how do you argue? It's Scotty Bowman. He's got a lot of rings. Uh, but within the first five minutes, he had a feel for who was going and who wasn't. And, the lines would get disassembled and reassembled based on that and who played more and, and who didn't play that much, like immediately. It's like, are you ready to go? Here we go. And there, I think there's a benefit too, from having guys play with different individuals, it just, you know, down the road, you're, whether it's in the regular season or come crunch time, come playoff time that you might need to change things around a little, you might lose this guy and that guy. And, and being able to have some called upon synergy, I think, is important too. I don't know. I don't know. It, it, it's fascinating. Look, you guys are you guys are the ones that have drilled down deep on lines because that's the only purpose of going to morning skate anymore is to tweet out the lines. What are the it lines? Is, I will say tweet this: the lines. I'm a fan. <laughs> I have friends who are fans. You, we all want to be GMs. We all want to be coaches. We all think we know better. So it, it is a good discussion point. I mean, if you want to talk about something that's fun to talk about, you say, well, if I would do this and this, then our oh, team yeah. would play better. You yes. Know? And, and, and the great thing about Pete, and, and I really, truly believe this, obviously he wants to outcoach the other coach. I mean, every coach does. But I don't think he's obsessed with it like some of the other guys we've had here, where if it's just him throwing four lines out there and 
his players beat your players, he's fine with that. He just wants to win the game. And we've had guys who know I'm going to win this game with my button pushing. And he doesn't do that. If he does it, it's because he thinks they really need it. Uh, so I like that about him. The one microphone I wish we, we could install and then utilize in hockey is a, a mic in the coach's room, like a camera and a mic in the coach's room between periods. <laughs> Could you imagine? Cause I mean, yeah, see what their actual feelings. are. Yes. I don't, I don't think people understand how honest it gets back there. <laughs> well, remember it, back in the day when it gets they would honest. Sit, well, you didn't, but I did. I would sit by our GM in the visiting press box. So Edmonton, or the New York Islanders. I mean, they just sat there next to you and watched the game. And you could hear every word they said. And it was some raw stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Doug Armstrong, yeah. Brett Hall. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, him just sitting up there commenting on the players as the game went on. Uh, so, yeah, it's, hey, it's high dollar, high level of uh, responsibility for these people. Yeah. Oh, if, if players think that going through arbitration is tough. <laughs> <laughs> man you better have some thick skin anyway uh you better be deep in goal too which is one area i wanted to talk about it's it's coming more into focus obviously with an injury to jake ottinger that cost him a month and uh really though kind of flagged late last season with wedgwood's injury and kind of exhausting ottinger down the stretch you know matt murray was up but but didn't get much playing time at all. There didn't seem to be that kind or that level of, of trust. And they were trying to chase down the, the division. It just really seems to me that you need three NHL caliber netminders in today's NHL. You know, there, if you look right now, like we're barely past the midway point, 89 goalies have played yes. in a game, 89 so you divide it by the 32 teams, it's like 2.8 goalies per team have played in the NHL. Per team. Yes. So, you know, you, you look at your stable and uh, you've got Ottinger at the top of it. Scott Wedgwood, Matt Murray, I think did himself proud and probably drilled some belief into the coaching staff that, that if they need be, he can get the job done or at least get more opportunity if, if, if that happens. Uh, and uh, Remy Poirier is, uh, is the other one in, in Cedar Park. They signed Adam Shield to a two-year deal uh, out of school. His second year was all spent in the East Coast Hockey League, was it not? And then he, was, so, yes. he wasn't re-signed. So then you start looking uh, at guys who aren't pros yet. 2022, they took Maxime Mayorov in the fifth round, a 19-year-old Russian who has stellar stats this year in the MHL. What is the MHL? Manitoba Hockey League. <laughs> okay, let's go with that. <laughs> uh, and in, in 2023, fifth-round pick, Arno Tiafenzi. I, I don't know even know what whether I've got that even close. Tia Fenzi. 
21-year-old German taken in the fifth round. So, like, if you look back, between Jack Campbell in 2010, who was taken 11th overall, and Jake Ottinger in 2017, who was taken 26th overall, the Stars drafted five goalies in between. Philip DeRoger. Was it DeRoger or DeRogers? I said DeRoger, but it, it, yeah. I like I never, I, it sounds sexier. I never actually asked. Let's go that way. <laughs> Philip DeRoger was the most promising second round pick. Uh, and and they've drafted four since taking Ottinger, 20, moving up to take Ottinger in 2017. Yes. Uh, and those picks have been in the seventh round, the sixth round, the fifth round, and the fifth round. So now go go back a little farther. The Stars drafted Marty Turco in 1994. Do you know what round? The fifth round. Oh, me? Fifth round. Well, no, I'm talking to everybody, Mike. This isn't just okay. you and me. I was going to say, I didn't. I've... So the Stars drafted Turco in 1994, fifth round. Yeah. And get, get this. They used only two of their next 58 picks over six years. On goaltenders. Really? Isn't that nuts? Is that Smith and Ellis? Two of the next 58 picks. Uh, and that was before they drafted Jason Bakashawa uh, in the first round, 26th overall. There you go. In, in 2001. I, I'd heard uh, a story before. I think it was Goose. I think it was Goose. Was uh, using an analogy between football and hockey and quarterbacks and goaltenders. And his belief on the football side was that you should draft a, a quarterback every year, every every single year, and that you in hockey should draft a goaltender every year. Now, I, I don't know that you could do that. Maybe back when there were, you know, 10 rounds. Yeah, well. Uh, you, you could do a bit more of that, but – and. You can sign goaltenders. You can grab goaltenders, yeah. wh- whatever it is. It's a little bit. You also uh, have to have a place to play them, too. You only have so many teams. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like baseball where there are nine levels of minor league ball. Right. But uh, anyway, that that looks that looks like the snapshot of the Stars goaltending depth chart right now. Yeah. And I could be wrong on this. And and Marty, you know, I think kind of set the template, uh, you know, because he well, he was a little bit older. But Jake's 24, 25, and he appears to be a number one goalie. And so then, yeah, you definitely want to continue to feed the, the system. Uh, but if you truly believe you have a number one goalie, then it's kind of hard to go take another goalie in the first round again, or, you know, even second round. And then that's when you get, you know, late in the draft and it's the fifth round and they go, yeah, we probably should get a goalie. Um, All I can tell you, and I know this is a completely different organization than it was 25 years ago, but they have a really good history of, of finding guys. Um, And, and, you know, just, grooming them and putting them in the right place at the right time. Uh, I think I did a story um, a couple of years ago where there may be top three 
Since coming to Dallas, they might have the top three goals against average in the NHL. And part of that is obviously the defensive mindset. But a lot of it is they've always had a pretty good goalie. Uh, but I'm with you. I, I, you do need three now. And it's, it's funny. It's almost like baseball with pitching. Uh, you know, when they used to have a four-man rotation, you need five. And now you got to dip into the bullpen and, and get mm-hmm. six and seven. And, and, and so you do, you do need to have three. And, and I like Matt Murray. And I, the fact that he's 25 kind of, you know, gives you that guy who can swing between the AHL and, you know, be the backup goalie and and seem to handle it all pretty well. So I think they're in a good place there, but the coaches have to trust him. Yeah, and and Jeff Reese, the Stars goalie coach, has uh, done terrific work. You know, you got you to gotta balance these things and keep guys ready. And uh, that's, that's why most franchises now have not only your guy with – your NHL team, but also a guy working with prospects, uh, whether they be in the American Hockey League, East Coast Hockey League, back in junior and college, whatever it is. Yeah, uh, but I, I found it, I found it fascinating that they, that they, even back in the day, didn't pick that many goalies, like two of fifty-eight picks. Yeah, that's that, that was that was surprising to me, but uh, anyway, it. You know, you look at the defending Stanley Cup champs, they used five goaltenders last year. Yeah. And the guy they rode to the cup was not their number one guy, not their number two guy. Three? I think he was their number three guy. So you you need you need depth at every position. Um, and the days of your number one guy playing sixty-five games are pretty much over. And it seems like more and more guys have nagging injuries that are causing them to miss some games. And with the standings as tight as they are, uh, you, you just, man, there is no, okay, well, we can absorb a losing streak here for a while or, or a little dip in that. Like, it feels like you need to try to win every night to keep pace. And yeah. that's a rather important position and part of it because we've always said that that goaltending is 90 percent of your ability to win a hockey game unless it's bad goaltending then it's 100 unless it's so bad goaltending you, you better be not only not <laughs> it's a great only line be, it really is i mean because uh, you can't talented. overcome bad goaltending <clears throat> no you can't you cannot I should know. Teams tried to overcome me many times through the years. Uh, you had a never, great career. Hey, have, have, how, how deep have you gone into the Cowboy uh, debacle? Um, I, oh, I'm sorry. I like football. I'm sorry. Are you, are you so busy with your Lions? <laughs> no, no. I, I actually, you know, they're – you can't get away from the Cowboys here. It's funny because I tell my friends that, oh, you're a Cowboys fan, huh? And I'm like, it's just everywhere. It's on the radio. It's on television. It's just everywhere. So you kind of understand what they're going through. Um, well, might be it, everywhere, but it's not in the NFL I mean, playoffs not, anymore. Yeah, not today. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Hot doggy. Hey. Um, it, it's a mess. It, it, they remind me of the Maple Leafs. I mean, you just put that expectation of winning the championship every single year, and it's not the right way to do things. And 
they they did a great job during the regular season. Uh, they had their ups and downs, but they were they were probably one of the top five teams in the league. And then just to to not be able to handle it at home in front of the home fans. Uh, I think uh, Collishaw today had a tweet that this is the second time in three years that they are the only home team to lose in the first round. So all the other home teams, five and one or five and zero, oh, Dallas losing at home and not just losing, but embarrassing themselves. Uh, so I don't know. They're a mess. I mean, I, I think they have to change their coach, even though he's a good coach, but that's just the way of the league. And, you know, now all of a sudden, you know, you thought Dak had his confidence back and he was one of the top three candidates for MVP. And now you're like, well, what well, is he the guy? And so do you have to start over there? And it's, it's a mess. Wow. You went deep on the Cowboys there. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yes. That's what I thought. I was, I was trying to lead you toward. Is there any cautionary tale in there with what went on with the Cowboys for the Stars to guard against? Absolutely not. No, they're just they're two different beasts. I think. Didn't they? Didn't the Cowboys hammer the brutal teams and struggle against top teams this year? Yes, they did do that. That's a good point. There is a parallel there. Still a lot of season left for these yeah, stars. And then they it lost is, to it is Green incredible Bay. though. Like after after beating uh Chicago there on the weekend, stars are eight and zero against the bottom five teams in the West. You know, which you look at it and you're like, well, aren't they supposed to beat them in that? But those can be tricky games. And especially when you have a veteran team that and they, you know, they, they had some fatigue and they looked a little like, okay, well, we can play 15 minutes and win here today. And they did. Uh, but they, they've they hammered the bottom of the Western Conference. And they've got an interesting record. Unofficially, I have them 7, 8, and 5 against teams in the top 16 yeah. of NHL standings. I don't know whether that that's actual, but what? That's hard to parse, is it not? Seven, eight, and five. Uh, no, the seven, eight, and five is they need to be better at that. Um, the interesting part of all this, and, and this is me getting old, is all of this, as much as we try very hard to understand what's going on, all of this goes out the window in the first game of the playoffs. And when you get into a head-to-head series against one team, um, then it, it can, like I look back at, at the Vegas series and I think, you know what? they were the better team in a lot of those games. And, and then they just didn't get the overtime win. The game two, I mean, they should have won game two. And so now you're talking about the eventual Stanley Cup champion who just breezed through after they beat the Stars. You know, you you really pushed them to the edge at different times. Uh, in game six, Vegas then kind of just woke up and said, no, no, we're better than this. And so when you look at a series like that, I, I do think – they can play against good teams and play very well. Um, in the regular season, when you're here and you're there and you're up and you're down, and it's just like I, I try to make sense of it all. I was talking to Jamie about, now, do you look at the game 41 as the midway point or do you look at the all-star break? And he just looked at me like, what are you talking about? Like they focus on the next game and it, whether it's, you know, the Chicago Blackhawks or, or whether it's the Vegas Golden Knights, like they're trying to win every game. Now you're right. Performance against those teams does dictate what your 
identity is and what your areas of concern are. But like, I'm just watching all this stuff. Uh, Jason Robertson said the other day, he goes, you know, we talk about the, those slow starts and we, we sit there and go, we're going to fix this. We're going to fix it. And he goes, we don't fix it. We just talk about it. And I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and he goes, we're trying. Obviously we don't want it to be this way. He goes, but you know, we're game 42 and it's the same problem we had, you know, in, in game one or game two. And so as much as I like all the talking and everything like that, it's, it, it really is hard to judge what they're doing you know, from game to game to game. And, and so much of this is just dictated on, you know, can they win that first playoff game? And, you know, uh, if they get if they get down, you know, two games to none or, you know, like right now, if they were to start at Colorado, you know, they got to go out there and win in Colorado. And if they do, then that completely changes that series. So that's a terrible answer. And I'm really ruining that this horrific, particular actually. edition of the podcast. But yeah. I, my brain is just going yeah. haywire because of the Cowboys question. You never should have asked that Cowboys question. Okay. My fault. But <laughs> that, that was like four minutes. We'll never get back. Oh, the, it's, people are, people are going like, yeah, he gets it. That yeah. guy, he knows what he's talking about. No, he doesn't. The, <laughs> the, the point you made though, was what kind of bubbled up with the Cowboy thing is they, you know, it's a short season. It's a long season for them now, but it relatively short season when you compare it to other sports, you know, 17 yeah. games versus 82. And, and yet it comes down to, did you have a good day or a crap day that one day? Yep. Cause, cause you got one day, like one day, like you can't come back. It's not a best of three. No. Like, like if the Cowboys played the Packers in a best of five, like the Cowboys win, right? I would think, yeah. Yeah. They'd certainly learn some lessons and, re, you know, react. I would say they find a way to win three of five. And that's the difference between that and what we have going on in, in our sport where, you, like you pointed out, like you, you can start somewhere and you can lose game number one, but they have to beat you four times in order to move on. Not just once, yeah. not a single elimination. Can you imagine if it was single elimination? Well, it's funny. Games you, would be something daughter, else. Your daughter being a high jumper. I always think about Olympic athletes. You train for four years, and on I that know. day, you better perform. Yes. Because if you don't, you just blew the last four years. Yeah, isn't that something? Yeah. Or, or the ones I really feel for are the ones that trained all that time, and then uh, they get disqualified because they jumped the gun. Right. And you're like, oh, my God. Or, or say it's a... Uh, it's a relay team. And that one person, you know, drops the baton, drops the baton. or whatever <sighs> it is. Like, you, then you got You got four years. I know there's diamond league and there's all this other stuff, but you got four years before there's another Olympics. Right. Man, that's pressure. There is no safety net there, at least in the Stanley cup playoffs. You can lose a game. You can lose a couple games and you can still make your way back. You lose, you go down by three and history is, not on your side. We're way ahead yeah, of but ourselves. You, but you went down though, by Mike. three, too. You didn't have just one bad Yeah, you lost three. There. Good point. Good point. You sucked so. three times in a row. There you go. You should, <laughs> should probably that's lose. The, that's the official <laughs> analysis. Yeah. You well, I'm just times. trying to get it. It's the Pat McAfee world that we're living <laughs> in now. Right. It is true. <clears throat> uh, I want to talk about warm-up music. Okay. Uh, I get the sense... The teams are trying, we're talking a lot about Vegas today. Teams are trying to reproduce the throbbing bangers that energize warm up 
in Las Vegas. But I've I've yet to have seen it replicated. Cause I mean that 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 thing is that thing is chaos in warm up there. But it is energizing and invigorating and I, I think it's a blast to watch. That bass thumps, the volume is to eleven and the choices, the choice cuts. Uh, DJs are becoming more common around the league for in arena music, and and obviously, in warm up is when it really tries to hit because you you're pretty selective in between whistles and trying to get eight bars yeah, of a song quick. in at at about fourteen on the to ten scale of volume. Uh, yelling seems to be equated to exciting, and and that's around the league. Uh, it, it's, it can be really entertaining, but it's, it's a salt at the same time Yes, on those, on those big screens and with these upgraded audio systems and that look metal warm up had its time, right? Yes. Like the more violent nature of the games, the us against them, it all fit. Uh, they were getting ready to run into one another violently. So, and and metal was uh, in the the front cortex, let's say. And uh, now it's EDM, Mike. Yeah. It's a lot of EDM. Every time I see EDM, I think, well, it's an abbreviation for Edmonton. What are they talking about, Edmonton music? <laughs> no, it's not, Daryl. It's EDM. It's the bro bump show in the hallways. It's, hey, how are you at center? It, it's... and. It's a 15-minute interaction with some of the most rabid fans through the silicon-based environmental interface, the glass. And that's awesome. It, it really is. It's, it's phenomenal. Yes. It, and it gets a, it, you can see it gets the players fired up. They, they want to connect with the fans and, and the fact they get to and they get to do it with, quote unquote, their music. Uh, I have a friend. You probably know him. Tom Holy. Uh, mm-hmm. I, used, I used to complain about the warm up music. And Why? he goes, I, it, it just was it wasn't hitting me like I like. Oh, my God. I, I liked ACDC. You, I liked you the You actually old went out of your way to complain to an official of the Dallas Stars that the music <sighs> In warm-up was not to your liking. He, no, he was sitting there watching warm-up and I said, this music sucks. <laughs> he took offense to that. And he said, do you know who picks this music? And I said, I don't care. And he said, the players pick it. He goes, shouldn't they get to warm up to the music they want to warm up to? And I it's said, It's always no. been that way. I know, but I said, no, they should get to warm up to the music I want to warm up to. You're or the fans want to. Duddy. But I am a fuddy day. But it was funny that we had that interaction. And he was very clear because he is, Tom has always been a player's guy. And he goes, they should do whatever they need to do to get ready for this game. And looking back on it, he's right. And as, as the age difference between the uh, 21 and 22 year old players and the 62 year old writer uh, gets wider. um, it, it, I don't like it, but again, I like the fact that they get to do what they want to do to fire themselves up for the game. I think it's awesome. 
uh, and it's warmies as the kids are ought to say. <laughs> Another problem I nowadays have. they say warmies, not warm up. Uh, we covered warm up, warm ups last week. We're not going to get into that again, but no, I, I for a while I, I missed metal. I did, but I don't anymore. I I love yeah. that. I love to feel the bass in the broadcast booth. In You're warm an interesting up. soul. There's an energy. I love that energy. I love it. And and the guys. There was a time when if if you if if you looked or engaged with anybody in the stands other than on the road, and it was vitriol coming from both sides of the glass, you, you weren't focused enough. It was, right. it was like, you're supposed to be out there getting ready for the game. No, that like every other sport is just warming up. Like yeah. that's all you're supposed to, you're not playing a game. They're not keeping score. Like just warm up, get yourself, whatever it takes to get you ready, get ready. And so if you want to flip pucks to fans, if you want to, you know, have a moment, some kind of eyeball, thing going on i mean you're making their day they're they're beside themselves and a lot of times now the family like you, you know a guy's wife and their kids are right next to the glass and they see daddy on the other side and for a moment say hi to one another and in a way they go it's like taking your kids to work that's all <laughs> especially around the holidays you can see them with parents and aunts and whatever it is it's, it's fantastic you're an interesting soul my father-in-law loved technology and so he kept trying to keep up with the Apple thing and all that kind of stuff. And I was just like, yeah, no, keep me away from that. I like the old stuff. But you, you, like, to, you like to stay hip. You like to stay young. Well, we all have to. I don't think Mike. so. I think we can, uh, some of us can just get old. No, no you want to you wanna stay on it. The wise uh, man does not grow old, but hmm. ripens. I am ripening. I am ripe right now. Uh, for me, it's just get the line rushes and enjoy a banger or two. That's what warm up is for me now. Have a right. have a cup of coffee, fire in a couple of fishermen's friends, and and away we go into the open and on into the game. But I I love the pageantry of of warm up, uh, it, and it's an important time. Uh, it's just changed a little bit. One last yeah. thing. Okay. One last thing. Narco had its time. You know, Blaster Jackson, Timmy Trumpet had a run thanks to Edwin Diaz, the Mets closer, that viral walkout video. And last year, I swear to God, all 31 other arenas we went into played Narco when their team hit the ice. They, they played that song. Yeah. And some, some places, some buildings have continued it, but I, I believe it needs to be retired. That's my own, that's my own opinion. I think it had its time. We stole it from another sport, used it, but like we like to do uh, with, with our sport, we'll, we'll borrow it and then we'll just maul it like a puppy. And we've mauled the puppy on this one. Time to move on. I don't know what the next one is. I don't know what that one is. I love it when it hits hard when they come out. You know, Jeff K tells us that it's electrified and there's an echo in the electrified. Have you noticed that? I, I don't have your ear. It's a warm it's a, it's a it's Dallas Stars warm up electrified. Like that. It's exciting. 
It's a show before the show. Pre-show. You know, ACDC has some good songs. Yeah, Mike. Mike, you're, <laughs> we're going to have to buy you a Sony Walkman or something or new cassettes for your Walkman so you can listen to some ACDC. <laughs> anyway, the road awaits our stars four out east after the home date with the Kings. And a, a chance for the the stars to continue what has been just an insane road penalty kill this season. Uh, I, I can't. I can't talk about it enough. I cannot talk about it enough. Like, I don't know. Under, I don't think it's getting enough attention for what it's been. And I'll get blamed if it goes south now because yeah, I've will. mentioned you it. it. You jinxed it. Yeah, always. I mean, we're halfway through the season. They've allowed six uh, power play goals on the road, and they've scored six shorthanded goals. So when they've had a guy in the box, when the other team has had more guys on the ice than them, they're even up. Yep. Halfway through the year, they're even up on the scoreboard. Like, that's that's miraculous. Think of the impact of a shorthanded goal in the game. Like, it really changes a ton of momentum. And it's one of the reasons they're whatever they are, you know, 12, 4, and 2 on the road or whatever it is. I mean, they're fantastic. 12, 4, and 3. There you go. Come on, Mike. Stats. <laughs> Stats are crushing it. Anyway, that's all I have today. I thought I thought we covered what I what I wanted to cover before we head on out. You know, people come in here for uh, hot sports opinions on pregame music, and I think we gave it to them today. Well, I, you know what? What did we cover today, Mike? We covered the All Stars jerseys. I'm not going to call them sweaters because they're not sweaters. Line combos, back to back games, goaltending depth, Cowboys. Warm-up music, road PK. I mean, that's a full, rich Podman Rush. A cornucopia. And it is pretty much over. Mike, I thought we made warm conversation for a cold, cold world today. So I'll see you on the plane. You you be good to yourself. You you find some 90s thrash metal and go stars you've been on the Podman rush with razor ray and mike Ica, presented by kingsville brewery an official production of the dallas stars to stay up to date on all things texas hockey visit dallasstars.com or download the official dallas stars app today Frisco Fighters are back for another electrifying season of indoor football. Don't miss the action-packed, high-scoring intensity that Frisco Fighters indoor football has to offer when they hit the turf in March at Comerica Center in Frisco. From unique theme nights to exciting giveaways, the Frisco Fighters provide entertainment for the whole family. Get your tickets today at FriscoFighters.com.